0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 49 of I Wish You Were Dead, a podcast about things that used to be alive. My name is Mike, and that is Gavin. And Gavin, for however tired I may have sounded last week, I promise you, <laughs> I'm even more tired now.
1: Well, that's uh, that's interesting, isn't it? And I might sound uh, maybe a little bit different because I'm not in the uh, blanket fort. Yes, where are you, I Gavin? I've have, have escaped the blanket fort because I'm back in my apartment. I have uh, a nice couple weeks off. Uh... You know i have this week off and then next week off for thanksgiving which is which is really fun um and then i'll be back out to the desert after that but we'll cross that bridge when we come to it uh so now, for the time did being you plan
0: that out did you plan out having like those two weeks off or is it just did it just randomly you know fall into your lap that way
1: so uh i'd known for a little while that i'd had uh the week of thanksgiving off mostly just because so the crew the construction crew was definitely was not working thanksgiving day or the friday or or that weekend and so mm-hmm. uh i'd ask specifically for the the wednesday off and my boss was like hey you can just take the whole week it doesn't really make sense especially for somebody who's not probably like the least local of all the people nobody like lives around <laughs> there for for our crew but like there's some there, people who there's live degrees
0: yeah. yeah
1: there are some people who live in la which is you know three and a half to four hours away as opposed to me who's depending on traffic seven to eight Jeez. um So they are like, yeah, it doesn't really make make much sense for us to pay you to drive to the site for two days, pay for the hotel for two days, and then pay to drive home. Right. They'd rather just have you stay. Yeah. Right. And then um, I don't know if there was a weird scheduling thing, or maybe there's a problem with the hotel, but my boss basically said, hey, you, meaning me, and you, another paleontology person, she was like, so you're each getting a week off. One of you is going to be this week. One of you is going to be this other week. You two decide amongst yourselves who gets what. And so I asked him like, hey, so I already have the week of Thanksgiving off. Do you mind if I get because one of them was last week and then one mm-hmm. of them was this week, be- meaning the week before Thanksgiving. So I was like, I already have the week of Thanksgiving off. Do you mind if if I have the other week, too, so that I have two weeks off in a row? He was like, yeah, absolutely. He's like, I mean, it's going to be the same pay for me. Other, you know, either way. So it doesn't right. really matter. Um, I so, mean, that's a pretty good,
0: pretty good the way that worked out. The fact that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You get those couple weeks off right there. If there's one thing I've learned about being a teacher is that getting a couple weeks off.
1: is Nice. Oh yeah, man.
0: I don't know why some teachers get so defensive about that kind of thing. Like teacher, when you start bringing up summer break, teachers get all defensive, man. Summer break is the best. <laughs>
1: get, get
0: two months off and I can do
1: whatever. Yeah. Like it is awesome. Well, it is a good thing that. You're relatively tired, because this is not going to be a heavy episode. This is going to be a quite light episode, actually.
0: Thank God. Um, oh, I wouldn't be able to handle it. You'd have a whole up yeah. from me during this episode <laughs> if this was a... Uh, you know, if we were going into the the history of the... The,
1: the depth of, of something. Yeah. If we were going out, <laughs> no. you
0: know, the depth of the Marianas Trench or something. Like, all right, yeah. I'm out. You can yeah. do this one yourself. <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, so, although, even though I am out of the blanket for it, I do not have the calendar with me. I've sort of given up on the calendar at this point. Uh, I
0: think
1: that I, I, th- I think that. I was going to say I still hold out some point. hope for the calendar, but yeah, I don't hold We'll on see. Hope we're, 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 we may or may not be planning something for the calendar for toward the end of the year, but we'll see. Um. <laughs> so do you want to pull up right, we this, this week in history or do we just want to jump into it because it's relatively late and you're tired?
0: Oh, let's just jump into it, please. All
1: right. So today we're going to be talking about Paleontology in the world of Pokemon.
0: Is this a real be- thing? Or because yes, you it absolutely
1: know. is. No, this is a real thing in the games. And yeah, I'm a big nerd, but we're going to be talking about it anyway because there's uh, a new games coming out this uh, mm-hmm. this week, uh, two days after this episode goes up. In fact, um, and they're remakes of uh, games that came out when I was a kid, so I have a lot of nostalgia for them. And uh, even though. You know, paleontology in Pokemon is something that you can tell that, like, they kind of tried at, but didn't try that hard. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, we're going to be talking about it today. So,
0: they took someone that got a C in freshman year paleontology and was like, ah, hey, good enough.
1: Or somebody, you know, the people at first didn't ask anybody, and then somebody who works there's kids got mad and were like, no, you got this wrong. <laughs> and then they didn't make those mistakes again. So, we'll talk about that. But, so. Like, okay. what is your experience with this franchise? Did you ever so, play Pokemon as a kid?
0: So here, here's uh, my deal, and I'm gonna make you a little bit upset with this.
1: I mean, and I'm so sure my, we've talked about this before.
0: I'm sure we have. So my parents um, were—I was the oldest,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: so I was real sheltered, and they didn't want me playing a whole lot of Pokemon stuff.
1: It what Pokemon uh, or anything along those lines. It, Pokemon
0: specifically, but also anything that it was even like remotely violent. I had two cops as parents, and they just they uh. tried to shelter me from all that. <laughs> However, you can only do that so much. And yeah. my best friend, when I was in fourth grade, um, all my best friends were playing Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh. And so, I got um, and I still have somewhere in my house Yu-Gi-Oh was the, uh, the card game that I got into. Right. And I know I had a few Pokemon cards eventually, but I never figured out how on earth it was supposed to work.
1: Yeah, still to this day, I don't even know how the card game works,
0: right? And so i was I was a fan of Pokemon. I would like watch the TV show mostly because it came on right before Yu Gi Oh. Ah, okay. Um, but so I was I was a casual fan of Pokemon as a kid, but it didn't have the kind of generational impact on me that I know it had on you know a lot of other people
1: our age, right? And especially, I would say people maybe slightly older than us because we're both kids of like we were born in the mid nineties. So, it's like right. when Pokemon Pokemon came out in the United States, I think in 98, at which time I was 2. And I think yeah, it was right. even February of 98, so I don't even think I was 2 yet.
0: <laughs>
1: so, uh, and you were, you know, roughly 3. And I mean, so, if it was February
0: of 98, I would have just freshly turned 2, because I'm a late oh, okay, yeah. 95
1: birthday. So... Maybe not as much as it would have, you know, somebody like, you know, my older sister who was born in 92. Uh, but still, you know, it's not like they've stopped putting out Pokemon games, clearly as we'll talk about. (laughs) Um, but yeah, Pokemon was something that I grew up loving and yeah, I'm a big nerd. I still play Pokemon. Sue me. Um, but, uh, yeah, like it's for the record. That was
0: Gavin Davidson. You can sue Gavin Davidson. You can not sue
1: me. Yes. Um, So, I went to this babysitter when I was a kid, um, mostly, like, during the summer, because, you know, my parents, you know, work and stuff, and at that point, my sister wasn't, like, really old enough yet to be responsible for both of us, and so my mom would take us to this babysitter, who uh, was also, like, a foster parent, so there's always just a ton of kids, vaguely our age, around, and uh, they played some of, like, the... Relatively more recent Pokemon games, which were the second generation, which we'll talk about, uh, Pokemon games Gold and Silver, as opposed to the first ones that came out, which were Red and Blue.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, you know, being like nice older kids, they were like, "Hey, do you want to play?" And I was like, "A screen, yeah, just like every other, <laughs> just like every other kid today. It doesn't and, take much, yeah." And so, like, it's only slightly an exaggeration to say that, like, I kind of learned how to read <laughs> by mm-hmm. playing Pokemon. Uh, i 100 believe that so this is like a really big part of my life in a lot of the video games that i've played so uh and obviously being a scientist they take some like glances at science a lot through pokemon like if you're looking for things you can find it but it's kind of hard to be like especially early on it's hard kind of hard to be like yeah they did this intentionally <laughs> Um, You might
0: you might accidentally come across something and then learn about it in actual science class like seven years later. And just there's a spark in the back of your brain that it's like, huh, I feel like I've learned this before.
1: Not even so much that where it's but it's just like the early games. So Mm -hmm. uh, we'll, we'll talk about this in a little bit in a little bit. But, you know, there are different generations of Pokemon. And especially in the first couple, because they didn't intend for Pokemon to become the massive media franchise that it is. Uh, well, no one think, ever intends that. I mean, I feel like Nintendo knew what they were doing when they made Mario. Did they? I mean, I don't
0: know the history. Maybe, of...
1: maybe they didn't intend for it to be you know Mario as we know it today. But they intended to only make uh, Pokemon Red and Blue, and then Pokemon Gold and Silver, which were the Generation Two games, and which are like mm-hmm. direct direct sequels because that's the only time that they've really done that. The other times okay. they're not they're not sequels to each other. They're just kind of they're just standalones. Okay. Yeah. So, they intended to only finish Pokemon after, like, the Game Boy Color. Okay. And uh, you can tell, <laughs> because I think they started <laughs> to take a lot more of, like, the world-building sort of stuff a lot more seriously after that. Uh, right. Which we'll talk about. So, Pokemon fossils. Uh, yeah, there are fossil Pokemon, in the okay, sense I... that... Uh, <laughs> Pokemon first came out in Japan in 1996, so this year is the 25th anniversary of Pokemon. And congrats! Uh, very uncoincidentally, this was three years after Jurassic Park the movie came out.
0: So that kind of goes with you know what you were saying before, just the impact that Jurassic Park had on um, you know culture in general.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, being. That Jurassic Park was so big and that the main plot point of it was they found fossils and then they revived, you know, extinct organisms from them. That is a very... Pokemon does the same thing, just in a more simplified way. Mm -hmm. Uh, They don't ever explain how it works. You just hand Scientist Fossil. You walk... You literally, in every single game, you... Like, if you hand it to them and then try to talk to them again, they'll be like, this takes a while. Come back later. If you literally just walk out of the room and come back in, mm-hmm. it'll, it'll be done. It's that simple. Yep, it's that simple. So you hand Scientist Fossil, walk out of the room, immediately walk back in, talk to the same Scientist. And they change that in the later games where they will like have like a little cutscene to them walking into like a back room or something. And then they'll come back out with with the Pokemon, but just a freshly revived Pokemon for you. Um So again, a very oversimplified version of what Jurassic Park did, but they absolutely got that from Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so with with Pokemon, like I said, they sort of break it up into generations. And so usually there's one like main game in a generation, a whole bunch of different side games. Um, and then occasionally they'll do like a remake of an older one just because it's been a while. So like the game that's coming out this week is a remake of the generation 4 games which came out on uh the nintendo ds like the original ds are they strictly
0: um remakes or are they are they updates is it taking kind of the you know the spirit of the old games but adding a new machine to it or is it just is it just yeah like it's, a money it's grab?
1: It, i mean you can argue that it's a money grab but it's it's not just like a straight port of it mm-hmm um there's a lot of new like quality of life features because obviously going from the nintendo ds to the to the switch which is what these ones are going to be on is a lot different um but they so they've remade generation one two three and now four um because you know i I think they try to do it like every uh, like couple of console generations after right um and so yeah it's uh It's it definitely is a money grab because they know it'll sell. It's Pokemon. (laughs) Okay. Um, but there are a lot of new just like quality of life things added. And so with with Pokemon, the most recent, like, not remake games that came out were Pokemon Sword and Shield, which came out in twenty nineteen. So about about two years ago. Mm -hmm. And that was generation eight. So we are generation talk about generations one through eight and most of them have fossils but some of them don't or at least new fossils uh i think there's only two generations that don't have new ones uh and they again never explain why um especially because in one of them where they didn't have new ones you could still find the old ones so whatever um so we're gonna go through each of the generations talk about their fossils and actually like what animals they've might have been based off of. And, uh, you know, some stuff about the like, actual fossils themselves, where you find them, uh, and that kind of thing. Just Let's as a quick it. overview of Pokemon fossils. So generation one probably is the most famous ones just because everything in the first generation. The yeah. It's the original, you know, first generation of anything. Exactly. Well, it's where Pikachu is from. It's where Charizard is from. Right. It's like
0: rookie baseball cards. Like, just, you exactly.
1: Know um so uh we have first uh, actually i'm gonna talk about where you get these fossils first before i talk about the actual fossils so uh there's an area in the game called mount moon which is sort of the first cave type area that you come into and mm-hmm. at the end of it uh like sort of blocking your path is in the original games they didn't none of the trainers or you know people and you know npcs that you fought had names they just were like a trainer class So this guy whose trainer class is super nerd. (laughs) Why thank you. Um, I was going to say. And uh, so he's sort of blocking your path. And there are these two fossils that you can see like blocking your path. And he's like, no, these fossils are mine. And then he's like, okay, fine. I guess if you beat me in a battle, you can have one of them. And so you beat him and you get to pick between one of two fossils. So the first one would be the Helix Fossil, which, mm-hmm. when you give that to the scientist, gives you the Pokemon Ominite, which evolves into Omastar. And if Ominite sounds familiar to a kind of fossil, uh, it is. It's because it's basically an Ammonite, which we've described previously on the show before as the uh, swirly-shelled Squid Boys. I remember the squirly-shelled Squid Boys. Okay. Yeah, it's basically... Um, it's what, by far one of the most common fossils that people are probably generally aware of, even if you don't actually know what it is. But it's basically just like a a shell curled in on itself mm-hmm. that uh, a squid-like animal would come out of the the front of.
0: And I'll tell you what, I got midway through saying uh, swirly-shelled squid boys before I realized how difficult that was to say, especially it, yeah. when I'm tired. That's, <laughs> that's a, you would think that that's an obvious tongue twister, but you don't realize it until you're midway through.
1: Yeah uh and so these are basically just ammonites except for they a a lot of uh like aquatic pokemon even though even if they're on land they'll just kind of be shown floating yeah as if they are swimming um but these (laughs) ones uh are on the ground firmly so I, i think in several of like the you know little information snippets you get about them throughout the games uh it it talks about them being sort of bottom dwellers. So, but they use their tentacles to walk around like feet. And uh, Amastar is basically just bigger. You know, the evolved form is bigger with some spikes on the shells instead. Which is not that. I I don't know that that has never been found on an ammonite. The actual fossils. It right, the would, real ones. Right. It would surprise. I had never heard of it, but they are an incredibly incredibly diverse group of fossils. So, it wouldn't surprise me if there was like one or two with some kind of spikes on the shell, but I've never heard of it. So, hmm. um and we're also going to talk about some of like the in-game like information about them because some of it makes sense, most of it does not. Uh and so with uh Omani and Omastar, it suggests that they went extinct because they grew too heavy to be able to avoid predators. Say that one more time. It
0: went extinct because it got
1: too heavy. Right. So, even though they were sort of bottom dwelling, I mean, if it lives in the water, like in the ocean, it can swim. You know, even if it's not great at it, if it's like a bottom dwelling thing, for the most part, it can swim to an extent. Um, mm-hmm. But the, you know, where, where all this information in the game is, is, is sort of an item that you get called the Pokédex. When you catch a pokemon it provides you with some information about the pokemon and so that says that it went extinct uh likely because they grew too heavy you know they evolved to be too heavy to avoid the predators which if that sounds weird that's because it is and that's not how evolution works right <laughs> um so hmm. that would typically i mean In a roundabout way, that's like a maybe. But it wouldn't be that they evolved to be too heavy. It would that be other things evolved to be too fast.
0: Other things evolved to be too fast. Right, the things
1: things that eat them evolved Mm -hmm. to be too fast for them to be able to avoid. And uh, we're like overhunted, essentially.
0: So would this be an example of like survival of the fittest being actually what, you know... Scientists mean when that term gets used
1: yes and no i mean we talked a bit about in our episode about evolution that survival of the fittest isn't always the best way to right. sort of discuss it because it's mostly just the survival of the good enough you know mm-hmm. um but yeah so it, it would like yeah it, it, it something could go extinct because it is too slow it is not because because that thing evolved to be slower and heavier, it is because other things evolved to be faster. Okay, it things don't really evolve themselves into extinction. That's not how evolution works.
0: Right, it, I, that's what I meant about like the like the other quitters and everything. Like they were mm-hmm. able to, you know, not necessarily the fittest but like they were able to evolve uh, in ways that probably allowed them to flourish more, and right. in the yeah, process, yeah. you know, extincted another species.
1: Yeah absolutely um and to my knowledge there's no direct evidence of something besides humans big caveat um hunting and other species to extinction humans tend to do that quite often um Mm -hmm. but in the fossil record i i'm not saying it's impossible but that's basically going to be impossible to tell from fossils by themselves right um but anyway the other fossil that you can choose. Uh, oh, and the reason why it's called the Helix Fossil with Omanite and Omastari is because it is swirled. You know, it's a swirled shell like a helix uh, right. that turns into these Pokemon. So uh, the other fossil you could choose is the Dome Fossil, which can turn into Kabuto, which then evolves into Kabutops. So the Dome Fossil is basically just like a rounded dome, and that is because... The Pokemon that you get from the fossil Kabuto is uh, more or less a horseshoe crab without a tail. A Horseshoe crab, a crab without a tail. okay. Yeah, if you have never, if you don't know what a horseshoe crab is, look it up. They're really cool animals. Um, they are are they the ones that have blue blood? Uh, a, a lot of invertebrates have blue blood, but very famously, yeah. Uh, okay. They, uh, horseshoe crabs do. They they are sort of like the quintessential. <laughs> example of a living fossil which we've talked about before too um, where it's like you you find fossils yeah you find fossils of horseshoe crabs from like hundreds of millions of years ago and they look very very similar like if we saw one of those alive today you probably wouldn't notice it sticking out too much from other horseshoe crabs Mm -hmm. Um, that doesn't mean that horseshoe crabs haven't evolved that just means that hey they're doing something that works Um, so that's what Kabuto, the first form, looks like Uh, it's got some legs underneath and then other than that it's just a round kind of brown, nondescript shell with a couple like black little eye spots on the top, like horseshoe crabs have Uh, but when it evolves into Kabutops, it looks completely different, uh, because I think that Kabutops is supposed to be some kind of Eurypterid Is there a description
0: anywhere, like on the official Pokemon website, like if you dig deep, like there's some guy that's like, this is what I was smoking when I came up with like, this was the whole, like, this was the thought process behind why
1: we did what we did. Some of them. Um, There's actually an exhibit. Uh, I don't know if it is still active. Um, There was a traveling exhibit to all sorts of museums in Japan uh, about Pokemon fossils, And with some of the Pokemon, especially, like, on the promotional material, it showed, you know, a sort of 50-50 split up and down uh, of Pokemon on one side and their fossil counterparts on the other. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it was really cool. And I wish that, you know, obviously I don't read Japanese. um, And a lot of it isn't translated super well. Um, Not yet. Well, yeah. Uh, But... uh, at least, so they they showed, they featured some fossil Pokemon, like Kabuto, where, you know, Kabuto was on one side, and then its mirror on the other side was a horseshoe crab. Uh, they didn't feature Kabutops, unfortunately, because um, it has some features of a trilobite, also very, very famous fossil creatures. Um, if you've seen something that looks like a bug, that's a fossil, you're thinking of a trilobite. Um, We can do a whole... We'll we'll have a whole episode about trilobites eventually, I'm sure. Um, Extremely famous, extremely diverse group of fossils. But what I think Kabutopsis is more uh, based on is a Eurypterid, which are also very famous, Hmm. but less famous. Um, So this is a group that is normally called the Sea Scorpions. So they're only sort of like loosely related to like living scorpions, like land scorpions, but they look a lot alike. Uh, and this is actually a New York State fossil. Is it you Oh, is it really? Yeah. Um, and so it's got these big, like, scythes for arms. And then right. this big sort of, like, almost boomerang-shaped head. And it goes from being, like, you know, like a horseshoe crab, you know, on the ground, to being up and, like, bipedal.
0: Mm-hmm. With,
1: like, the big scythe arms. Sure. Um, and then this is one of the weirdly... Uh, one of the Pokemon that we actually get like a skeleton of in the games, which if you're keeping track, doesn't make any hmm. sense because it should be an invertebrate yeah. and should not is this have. Just, is this just a, a, a plot th-
0: hole that nobody cared about or is this yeah, actually absolutely. making sense? Okay. That's
1: exactly why uh, it's because people were like, um, it was like in, in a museum in the original games, you like can interact with some, one, one of the exhibits in the museum and it, would be like, you know, a Kabutop skeleton from however many million years ago, and then show you a little tiny, you know, black and white 8-bit picture, because it was on the original Game Boy. And uh, it was like, like, not the Pokemon, but a skeleton of Kabutops, which it shouldn't have. Uh, (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, that was somebody not thinking or paying attention, and just being like, hey, it'd be cool if, you know, museums have skeletons, right? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So... Uh, Speaking of museums, that brings us to our third fossil from generation one, which is weird because uh, this is the only generation uh, until we get to generation eight, which we'll talk about, uh, that has more than two different like fossil groups. Oh, Um, yeah. So this one is a fossil that you revive from an item called the old amber. You know, amber being the stuff that they get the DNA from in Jurassic Park. (laughs) Right. So literally, this is like pure evidence that they just kind of copied this from Jurassic Park. Uh, and why not? Right. And so you literally get this one, not from that cave place. You get it from a scientist in the museum who's like, all like all hush-hush. is like, hey, I think this amber has DNA in it. Go take it to the, the lab in this other town to get it revived for me. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, so... Uh, you revive it into the Pokemon Aerodactyl, who is a pterosaur, but a really interesting one in that, and yes, it's a Pokemon, but I always like to talk about this anytime media talks about pterosaurs, in that it has grabby feet.
0: Which, so it was able to pick, pick up things with its feet?
1: Yeah, absolutely. In, in, in one of the episodes of the, the cartoon, uh, it actually picks up Ash, the main character, and carries him around angrily for a while um (laughs) and so as we talked about in our episode about pterosaurs uh they couldn't do that their feet weren't structured that way their feet were much more like yours and mine than they were like a bird's um but uh and it was basically like a big predatory pterosaur and it's got these like big teeth on its bottom jaw but no teeth on its top jaw this top jaw is much more like a beak um yeah and it has this long, like, dragon-like tail with, like, the little, like, triangle point, like, devil point at the end of its tail.
0: Oh, jeez, that is that is right out of a cartoon. Gee, like, that's what yeah. a child would draw.
1: Yep. I mean, there's a handful, not many, of pterosaurs that actually did have that. Huh. Um, most of them were not quite, like, well, a nice triangle at the end like that. It was more of, like, a diamond or a spade shape. Um, but they had some kind of, like, vein at the end of their tail like that. Um, mm-hmm. But how I kind of came to the conclusion of like, uh, they, they, somebody's kid complained to them was because in the original information about erudactyl, it, it straight up called it a dinosaur. Okay. Right. Just and our- so some, I'm sure somebody is kid or their niece or nephew was like, Hey, that's not a dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they only made that mistake in like the very first games and not afterward.
0: You only gotta make that mistake once before you learn you don't have to do that. Yep. And you can save yourself
1: all, all the trouble. Exactly. Um yeah, so that's all the generation one games. And then in generation two, they didn't have any new fossil Pokemon. And you couldn't even I think you could like trade like somebody in the game something for some like some random Pokemon for an Aerodactyl. Mm-hmm. But I you I don't you had to trade over uh, Omanyte and Kabuto, if you wanted them in your game. But then we get to Generation Three when they started again taking some of like the more like lore things more seriously. Right. Um, They're I'm starting trying, to. If, igni- if you also, if you hear a dog in the background here, uh, our dog is is dreaming and she's making some sounds. So sorry. Oh, is she like? Uh, is she gonna
0: start running at some point in her sleep?
1: No, she's never done that. She's just she's just hanging out. She's just dreaming.
0: That's always my favorite Uh, (laughs) when dogs start running, and then they wake up and they're very confused.
1: I mean, she'll wake. I mean, she's always kind of confused, realistically, Uh, (laughs) but she's great. Anywho, so yeah, for the first generation of fossils, they're all given to you by some anonymous scientist man. Um, In generation three, you actually find them yourself, and that's kind of how it is going forward. So, generation three, uh, you find them both. You basically have an option. Uh, you you pretty much always have an option um, until a little later. I think there's one or two games where you don't. But in this game, you basically uh, find them in the desert. There's a desert region of the game. And when you interact with one of them, it says this is the blank fossil. And if you take it, it looks like the sand will shift and the other one will disappear. And so plot device, you only get one of them. Um, Mm -hmm. So the first one is the root fossil, which will give you uh, lily, which evolves into Cray-dilly. And These are um, based off of crinoids, which are commonly called sea lilies, which makes them sound like they're plants, but they're not. <laughs> they're that, actually they're that... actually animals. Uh, okay, e- even though. Uh, Which is funny, because they actually, you know, Pokemon have types, right? All fossil Pokemon are rock types, with some exceptions that we'll talk about at the end. Um, And they never explain, like, were these Pokemon rock types when they were alive? Or, like, are they rock types because they were a fossil? Or what? Never really explained, even though people who are nerds like me talk about it. Uh, (laughs) And so... uh, But it's usually presumed that, like, their other type is, like, the type that they were when they were alive, at least. So, um, Lilip and Craydilly are uh, grass types, which, like, further sort of is like, oh, yeah, they must be plants. No. Nope. Crinoids are animals. What do we do? I mean, like,
0: if there's anyone that's going to be promoted of, like, words don't mean anything and this is all fake, it's
1: me. But, like, if words mean (laughs) something...
0: If words are going to mean something, then what are we doing
1: here? Yeah. Um, So, yeah, these are... So, Crinoids are really He just says, yeah, and then moves on. (laughs) All right. Okay. So, this is how we're doing this episode. Words words are important. (laughs) they are not. This is all fake. Everything we're doing is fake. All right. I'm trying to get you to bed, Mike.
0: (laughs) I'm not going to bed tonight. What, are you joking?
1: Yeah, that's fair. Um... (laughs) Yeah. Crinoids are really interesting because they have, uh, is basically a starfish on a stalk.
0: What do you mean? a stalk?
1: So, um, most people have seen a starfish or sea star, right? And so it's got, no, like this the, is Patrick. Exactly. So, uh, they've got mo- well, the ones you're thinking of have five arms, right? Yes. There are many more that have lots of different number of arms. Um, And so all of them have, like, the little suckers or, like, little tube feet on the bottom of the arms. And then the mouth, like, in the middle part. So basically, if you flipped it upside down so that the tube feet, little sucker things were facing up. And then put, like, a long sort of stalk coming out of, like, the the middle part of what would be its back.
0: This looks like a very odd tree in my head.
1: Pretty much. Um... The the arms in general were a lot thinner so that it could be up off the Mm seafloor, but they, they were like filter feeders. So they would use the little tube feet to like pluck stuff out of the water and then carry it down to the mouth, which was still like in the middle of, uh, you know, the, the little branch area. Mm -hmm. And then they would hold themselves to like the seafloor with this thing that sort of looked like a root, but it's called a holdfast. um, Basically, it's just something to anchor themselves there. They didn't actually absorb nutrients through it or anything like plants do with their roots. But that's why this is called the root fossil. Um, and so we still actually have crinoids around today. They're just much, much le- like less common than they used to be. Um, you know, back, you know, old, it, pretty much any time older than uh, 250, or so million years ago, but between 550 or so to 250, so for like 300 million years, these were extremely common. Mm-hmm. Uh, including, you know, back in when I was still in New York doing some geology, we would find rocks entirely made out of these things. Just crazily common. And nowadays, you can only find them on like the deepest part of like the like sea slope. So not like the like super, super deep ocean, um, but like on the slope where it's like too deep for like things like corals to live um, where it's like probably barely gets any sunlight if any at all. Um, so pretty deep water, whereas they used to be everywhere. Mm-hmm. So um, that's Deli. And so the other fossil is the claw fossil, which is one of my favorite fossil Pokemon because that gives you the pokemon Anorith which evolves into Armaldo. So Armaldo. Yeah. Anorith is almost exactly just like a pokemon version, you know, car- cartoonified version of a really really cool fossil animal called Anomalocaris. That's a great name. It really is. And I think it means like strange shrimp or something to that effect.
0: Okay. okay.
1: Even though it's not really shrimp, it kind of superficially looks like one. But it's like, back in the day, it was <laughs> like, I don't have any clue what this thing is. I guess it kind of looks shrimpy. Um, shrimpy but, enough. But Anomalocaris was not like the first. There were ones before it. But one one of the earliest, like, absolutely dominant, like, apex predators basically to exist on Earth. So this is an animal from the Cambrian period, which is the first period where we have like a huge amount of like fairly good sized multicellular animal life. And this was one of the first things to be like swimming around, just chomping on, eating other stuff, uh, which is super cool. Um, Mm -hmm. And so even like in terms of like size, this is basically the same size. Uh, it Chorus it, is something that's... I, I can't even describe really what it looks okay. like because it is so foreign. A lot of the animals around at this time were really weird. This was like 540 million years ago. 520 maybe million years ago. And um, it basically has these two sort of arms almost in the front. I believe they're tec- the technical, like anatomical term for them is just frontal appendages frontal appendage yeah so it's literally just like um imagine what like the tail end of like a shrimp or a prawn looks like how it's got all those little like leg things in it right so there's two of those coming off of it that have all those like kind of leg things in them but it, instead of being a, used to swim it used it to like scoop stuff into its mouth Okay hmm. I mean, that seems reasonable yeah, it, it, and it doesn't swim using... Those are the only two, like, limbs that it has. Okay. And it's got these two eyes that kind of come out to the side, like a hammerhead shark almost. Hmm. And it swims with these weird, um, almost like wings on its side. But there's many of them in a row down the side, and it, like, undulates them. So, like, the front one's flat first, and then the one's behind it. And so it's kind of like in like a pulsating motion. Very strange animal, but super cool. Um, And the first form, anarith, you know, that's that evolves from the fossil is literally just that. It's it's, you know, the the frontal appendages are more like claws instead of what they are in Anomalocaris. But other than that, it's literally almost exactly the same.
0: So at this point, they they know what they're doing and they are you know, they've hired some paleontologists on the payroll.
1: Or at least, you know, on on retainer.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Um, well, I, I they're, guess... They're hanging um, around. Yeah, un- until it evolves. <laughs> because all of that just goes out the window when Anareth oh, really? tr- turns into Armaldo. And, because Armaldo... Armaldo. Right, great name. Uh, <laughs> and so, <laughs> like Kabuto and Kabutops uh when anareth evol- evolves into armaldo it just grows back legs then stands up on them for some reason uh and okay. the the frontal appendage claws turn into like proper arms not things coming off like the head but like actually like a torso uh right and just become big <laughs> honkin like not like scythe claws but basically like if a crab claw was missing the bottom part, you know, the part that closes, so it's just, like, sort of a slashy, stabby claw. Right. Instead of, like, a grabby claw. Um, a
0: slashy... I mean, that is, like... It's almost like a horn, isn't it? Like, kind like of, yeah, in your head. Yeah. Yeah, I guess.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's a good way to, to, to call it. To um, call back
0: previous episodes.
1: Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, and, like, I love... Anorith a lot because the animal that it's based off of is so cool and then they just kind of throw it all out the window like there's some same themes like um, the little like side wing things are still like on Armaldo but they're just reduced and it doesn't use them to swim <laughs> um, <laughs> and I mean it's got legs that it stands on now so it doesn't even need to swim so that is generation 3 Generation three, okay. Yep. How many generations are there? Uh, eight so far. Okay. Uh, we're gonna go through the rest real a, a little quicker. So. Okay,
0: let's do it. So is, it, is there like, you know, like the first two are real? Is this like when people talk about Weezer, is it like, <laughs> is it like, man, those first two albums are great, and then you know everything else was trash after that? Like, is this one of those where, you know. You know, there's a consensus among the hardcore fans that only, you know, up to a certain
1: generation was any good. It really depends uh, when you started playing. People, for the most part, will be like, oh, I started with, you know, generation one, and every other generation after that is trash. Um, (laughs) And, like, obviously, all of them have their upsides and their downsides. Right. For sure. Um, But that's a whole other conversation that many people get very mad about. For no reason sure because they they, do. for no reason because they're video games uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah so with the generation four now fossil so the generation four are, are are the games that are being remade that come out this week and so um as always with Pokemon there are two versions you know originally there was red and blue uh the games that are being remade are diamond and Pearl. And to give them like different branding, they're now Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, because buzzwords. And (laughs) so, with this one, instead of giving you a choice, like you had before, this one, instead, one of them, you can only get in one of the versions. The other one, you can only get in the other version. Okay. And so... But but similar to Generation Three, this is one that you actually find yourself not just out in the desert somewhere. This is one. There's an area of the game just called the Underground,
0: where The you, Underground.
1: Yeah, you're in a system of like underground tunnels that sort of go under the entire like playable area of the game, okay. and you can dig for stuff in the walls, and uh, you can find different items, different usable things in the games, including these fossils, and so. Uh, the first one, the one that is exclusive to Pokemon Diamond, uh, is the Skull right. Fossil, <laughs> which gives you Cranidos and Rampardos, which are the based on... What, what fossil? Skull. Oh, Skull, okay. Yep. And so these are based off of uh, Pachycephalosaurs, which most mm. people would probably know better that as the, the Headbutt Dinosaurs. Yes. And so, again, basically just like a cartoonified version of them. They have like an extra you know big domey skull with some spikes coming off the back um although they make them actually weirdly predatory in these games you know uh even though Pachycephalosaurs, the actual animals were herbivorous from everything that we can tell uh the information that we get about these pokemon is that they are very like aggressive and how talk about like how they like just completely destroy like their prey while they're hunting them um Mm -hmm. So it's, it's interesting that they try to give them a little bit of like, uh, they, they really do in some of the later games, try to build a little bit of like a paleo ecology (laughs) and talk about how some of these Pokemon interact with each other in ways that that just don't make sense.
0: No, I was like, I like like
1: it from a world building perspective, but it's like, if you're not going to do it right, don't do it. And we'll talk about that especially, we'll talk about that, especially with the fossils from generation eight, because they're very weird. Um... (laughs) But we're, we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves here. So that is Cranidos and Rampardos. Again, just a little bit of like monsterified, cartoonified, like headbutt dinosaurs. So then in the other game, Pokemon Pearl, you get the Armor Fossil, which gives you Shieldon and Bastiodon. So these are based off of Ceratopsians, which would be your Triceratops and friends. You know, four legs big you know solid face uh but for these two instead of giving them horns and the frill they just make their face like a shield (laughs) um (laughs) and so uh especially with Bastidon, it's basically its body is relatively small and stout and then its head is just a gigantic like square of like a shield and uh this generation is really interesting because it's the first time they sort of do a theme. With the fossils, sort of like the, you know, unstoppable force and immovable object sort of thing. Oh, really? Yeah, because so Rampardos for the for a very long time had like the highest attack stat of almost any Pokemon in the game. It was in the top five until like generation seven, which was not at all the case. None of the other fossil Pokemon were like, had anything spectacular about them. Mm hmm um so it was just very strong offensively and then shield on and bastiodon obviously being you know shields are very strong defensively and have really good like defensive stats so they have sort of a theme with them um and then these two were also the most closely related to each other you know at least the animals that they're based off of um because uh the pachycephalosaurs and ceratopsians uh are fairly closely related uh they share a most recent common ancestor with each other than they do with like any other group of dinosaurs. So they're fairly closely related. Um, Especially compared to like the other fossils that like show up together in in Pokemon. So that's generation four and the ones that are going to be the most prominent in the games coming out this week. Okay. We get to generation five. Generation five also is interesting because instead of, they, they switch back to the giving you an option instead of uh, a, a version. Making you choose. Is, yeah. yeah. Um, so the first one is the cover fossil, which gives you Tortuga and Caracosta. These are basically ancient sea turtles, sort of. Um, very much like uh, a very, very famous sea turtle uh, from the Cretaceous period, when things like T-Rex and such were around. Uh, which is called Arkelon, which is from everything I was able to find, the largest turtle ever. Um, and so they're very much at least the first form Tortuga, uh, which I'm pretty sure is just Spanish for turtle. Uh, <laughs> oh or I think it's I think it's not spelled the same, but it's pronounced the same. Okay. And uh, basically just Tortuga is basically just a regular sea turtle. But much smaller and different color. Like its back, like the, the shell and its face are like a very dark blue or almost black color. And then its body and flippers are like blue. But other than that, it's an entirely normal sea turtle.
0: Right. Okay. And then. Are we expecting Generation 5 to get re released in a couple of years? Probably. Like, would that follow the plan? Okay.
1: Yeah, because they've remade every other, you know, generation one through four through this. Yeah. Okay. And generation five are some of my favorite games. So I hope that they do. Um, and so they... What, what console did you play that on? These were also on the the DS. Okay. Yep. Uh, but so like they did with Kabuto and Anorith, when Tortuga evolves, it just stands on its back legs. For no reason. Like, it's still a turtle. It's still got a shell and, like, like a beak face. And its front arms, like its flippers, basically just turn into, like, bigger, like, almost like knuckle walking, like an ape, sort of, but without any fingers. I don't know why. Not my favorite design. (laughs) um, Yeah, I don't know why they keep doing this when it doesn't make any sense. Like, you could have just made, like, a bigger, cooler, spikier turtle or something. Um, you could have, but you didn't exactly. Um, and then the other fossil in generation five comes from the plume fossil, which is a feather, and this uh, gives you Arkin and Archaeops, which are literally just more or less Archaeopteryx, the very famous first bird fossil. Um, and th- and that's basically just all they are is like a a very dinosaur-like bird uh they don't have like a beak per se they have more of a snout with teeth they have like a, a longer tail with some feathers on it so very much just a cartoonified version of a very early bird
0: i wish i i wish we had like uh pictures of her just so i could like see all of these in front of me and i you know i suppose i could just google them but yeah. it is just hearing you describe them as putting these incredibly odd images in my head. Are you doing this from memory or do you have the pictures in front of you?
1: Oh my... With, okay, with, how, with how much time I've spent on these games, I can talk understood. about pretty okay. much any Pokemon from memory.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I shouldn't
1: have even asked. Um, but yeah, so uh, this was actually a really cool reference because uh, a lot of people don't know this, but the first ever fossil of Archaeopteryx was just a feather it's archaeopteryx is very famous for um like there's one particular specimen specimen that's called i think just the berlin specimen is what that one's referred to um but they found a fossil feather and we're like oh this is a lot older than we expected it to find any birds so we're just going to call this archaeopteryx which means the first bird um as we've talked about before though a lot when you know, things that don't get fossilized well are used in identification. That's probably right. not great. Um, Tends to be a bad idea. Yeah. So feathers don't tend to fossilize well at all. And so they uh, had to like, be. whenever you name a species, you have to have like a specimen that you designate as like the specimen. Uh, we've talked about it quite a few times on the, on the show before, but it's called the holotype. And so for a while, they were like, okay, well, this f- this feather, you know, that's all it was was a feather. And so right. they were like, well, if this is the specimen that we're using, that's not very helpful. Um, so <laughs> yeah. they sort of decommissioned that. It's still technically the holotype, but it's not the one people use as, like, the specimen anymore. But it's still a cool reference. So... Um, this is also sort of a theme that they had with generation 5 like they had with generation 4 in that both in, in the information that's given to you about both these these turtles and these birds they're supposed to be sort of the ancestor of all of the other turtle/bird pokemon in the games which is also of- so
0: also- Go ahead. They released the ancestor in generation. Are we still in generation five? Like, yep. What?
1: Yeah. Well, it's. I mean, they're fossils. So you you find the fossils in the game, and oh, you take okay. them to scientists and revive them. So right. these are not Pokemon that you would find just out and about. Um. And so, you, in in the information that it gives you, it says you know, Tortuga is the ancestor of all turtle Pokemon, which is not how evolution works also because it's like yeah okay number one it's a video game so sure uh but (laughs) it is pretty much impossible to tell that like the very first ever turtle is this evolution just doesn't work nicely like that um, we can almost never even tell that like this species evolved from this other species. I can only think of like three different things where that is something you could say with any kind of confidence. And it's two of them are regarding humans and horses who we've mentioned we understand the evolution of more or less like perfectly. Right. Not perfectly but as close as we're probably ever going to get.
0: To the first order of magnitude.
1: Right. Uh, so that's just, even though, again, that's cool information to have in the game, but if they had asked anybody who actually knows anything about, you know, science, they would have been like, eh, maybe don't." <laughs> um, would this be a dream job of yours? Like to work on Pokemon and you know, advise them? Depending on how much I get paid, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess that's. I mean, the only it's. To I mean, it's. It's. You know, Pokemon. A lot of people don't realize this. Pokemon is the largest media franchise in the world, by a lot. I feel like I heard that somewhere. Um, yeah. because yeah, I, mean, I mean, they have the games, they have the TV show, they have the Pokemon cards, they have uh, all sorts of different stuff, animals and movies. I took, my, and...
0: I took my day campers to go see Detective Pikachu a couple yeah. of years ago in the movie theaters. Like, it's, you know, it, it really is. And you start thinking about like, oh, oh, mm-hmm. they get their foot in every piece of media. L-
1: yeah, literally everything. Um, so that brings us to generation six which uh, also has some really good fossils. So uh, another one where it sort of gives you an option, although I think these ones are also given to you by a scientist man. Um, So we have the Jaw Fossil, which gives you Tyrant that evolves into Tyrantrum. So they finally made a T-Rex Pokemon. (laughs) (laughs) It only took them, uh, by this point, 10 years. 11 years, 12 years, somewhere in that range. You wonder if there was like one guy there that had just
0: been wanting to make a T-Rex the whole time and everybody yeah. just kept saying no, no, no until eventually they they found, they ran out of reasons to say no.
1: Yeah, I mean, there had been some T-Rex-like Pokemon that are not fossils, uh, but mm-hmm. someone was like, okay, fine, I guess you can do it. And it's even a dragon type, which is cool. Um, so yeah. I was... So Rex in Tyrannosaurus Rex, means king. That is what it translates to. And so they sort of play on that motif quite a bit. Uh, the, you know, baby form, Tyrant, basically is said to act like sort of like a spoiled toddler as like a, a, a young like prince would be, I guess. Um, and then Tyrantrum, who literally just like straight up is like a T-Rex, um, has sort of a crown of like spikes on its head. And also a sort of, like, a frilly collar made out of feathers, sort of? Hmm. Um, And this is really interesting. This actually isn't in my notes. This one is just straight off the noggin. Um, In one of its, like, data entries, it even explicitly says how this Pokemon was revived might not be how it looked originally when it was alive, and that it might have actually been totally covered in feathers. Which is really cool, because that's something that I don't think scientists think that anymore but that was something i was talked about quite a lot about t-rex was did it have feathers or like did it not um and i think the general consensus now is that it might have when it was a baby but when it was an adult probably not
0: we're talking about actual like the actual t-rex here not a pokemon right
1: yeah absolutely that was like okay. a real amount of like scientific discourse went around did t-rex have feathers or not um, and they, yeah, well, the, I just they, wanted to
0: make sure that we weren't talking about, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you know, like, oh, the developers of Pokemon aren't sure whether or not the original Pokemon, you know, had like, like, I was gonna be like, come on, but okay, this is an actual debate well, that
1: is, well, th- so they took influence from the real world debate, and in in the dat- data entries about the Pokemon, said scientists think that this Pokemon was like resurrected incorrectly, and that originally well before it went extinct did have feathers or may have had feathers so they sort of take Hmm. that real world scientific discourse and put it in the games which is chef's kiss that was excellent (laughs) my little young paleontologist mind to to read when i first played these games (laughs) (laughs)
0: um
1: and then the other fossil that you get in these games is the sail fossil which sounds like it would be something for like a spinosaurus right um that would make sense t-rex and spinosaurus you know jurassic park 3 um Mm -hmm. but no this actually gives you the fossils amora and Aurorus, which are based off of the fossil sauropod you know the the long neck long tail herbivorous ones Uh, but specifically the genus amargasaurus which is really interesting because they have these big spikes they have uh, two rows of spikes going along their uh, neck. And so for quite a while, people were like, I have no idea what this is used for. Um, could there have been like skin between these? And like, it made like a, two sails, like like a sail on each side of its neck for like display or something. Um, that's not really what we think anymore. But that was something that was like sort of pitched around for a while. And so Pokemon sort of took that idea, basically made Sauropod Pokemon, with uh and they're these pokemon are ice types so they make the sails on each side like shimmery and make them look like the northern lights which i think is is really interesting in another like sort of way that they took like a scientific controversy or something like you know to that effect and turn it into something really cool with the pokemon these are probably my favorites (laughs) Uh, anytime we
0: get to talk about the northern lights i'm in
1: yeah and it's and they change color based on, you know, what the Pokemon is doing, so normally they're kind of like a bluish color, if it's like attacking they turn to like a, a more reddish color It's the, they're really cool Pokemon um, Generation 7 is the other generation that does not have any new fossils you can find all of the other fossils, or most of the other fossils but they don't have any new ones and they just never explain why Um, and then we get to the weirdest fossils, and these are the ones, the most recent ones introduced in generation eight. And so in generations one through seven, fossils were an item that you found. You took to scientist person and they revived it for you, spit you back out of Pokemon. In generation eight, it changed everything. Yeah. So, Mm. There are four fossil items that you can mix and match together.
0: Say, yeah. that. Wait, wait, wait. Say that one more time. You can mix and match fossils?
1: Yes. So there are two top What does it mean? There are two top halves and there are two lower halves. So you can mix a top half with a lower half. Or you could mix that same top half with the other lower half. And you can mix and match the tops and the bottoms. So because we, okay, and because there's two of each, that means that there are four possible combinations that you can make. And so there is some interesting references that this makes because um, so the, the region, so each of the regions is based off of like a different real world place. Most of I think generations one through four were based off of different areas of Japan. Uh, this particular region was based off of the United Kingdom, which has is where paleontology really got its start, um, and is also sort of where a lot of the early mistakes in paleontology were made, putting different things, you know, different pieces of anatomy in places where they don't belong,
0: <laughs> and
1: that's what this is sort of a reference to. Um, it's also okay, a little bit of, cool. yeah, it's also a little bit of a reference to some things that might have happened in like the Bone Wars to you know putting heads on the wrong ends of things putting the wrong skull on on the wrong body uh so i i get what they were going for it just didn't really work well
0: <laughs> this seems like the product of too many meetings it's like yeah you have a bunch of meetings and somebody spits out like more customization and there'll be a top and a bottom half and you can flip flop and it's mm-hmm. like and it's like there could have been less meetings in a better product
1: yeah, and it's like, while I agree that this was not the best way to do a fossil Pokemon, I really like these Pokemon just because they're so goofy. <laughs> because they the, the, the top halves and bottom halves don't even look like they belong together, and that's what makes them really funny to me.
0: So is it basically like, it's so bad it's good? Are we in that territory yes. yet? Yes, Is this ironically good?
1: All right. Yes. And so I'm going to walk you through what each of the parts are but this is one that I really suggest that you look up because they're so goofy. Okay. So, um, the top halves are called the fossilized bird and the fossilized fish. The fossilized bird is actually much more like a dromaeosaur dinosaur, like, like a raptor, you know, velociraptor and such. Um, and the fish is actually the front half of a really cool ancient fish called Dunkleosteus. Uh, uh, a really cool fish that was before fish had evolved teeth. So instead, it just turned the bone in its jaw really spiky. And used spikes on its jaw as teeth. Super hardcore I- fish.
0: <laughs> I think I've got the ones pulled up here. If I Google this correctly, these are some weird looking like...
1: yeah what do we so and then the bottom halves minutes. the bottom halves were called the fossilized drake and the fossilized dino um the fossilized drake uh oh i should say the fossilized bird translates to an electric type the, none of these are rock types like every other fossil pokemon was all of them were rock and something else these ones just mix and match the types there's no rock type involved at all and so okay the fossilized bird is electric type the fossilized fish obviously is water um, the fossilized Drake, you know, Drake is in like Draco, you know, it, it's dragon. Uh, the fossilized Dino is ice type. The fossilized Drake basically looks sort of like a like a stegosaurus like thing, where it's got these big like stout legs with some spikes going along at the back and toward the tail. Um, and the fossilized Dino is not actually a dinosaur. That's actually a purposeful mistranslation from Japanese. Uh, the original Japanese. Uh, uh, translates to fossilized plesiosaur
0: a purposeful mistranslation
1: Yes, okay. but fossilized plesiosaur is too many letters for what they can fit in the English version so they changed it to fossilized dino instead so in the Japanese it is correct uh, so it's the back half of a uh, like a plesiosaur like that we talked about uh, previously in episode 41 uh, where they had sort of paddle back legs as aquatic reptiles and you can make four fossil Pokemon out of them. You can make Arctisolt, who is, combines the bird and the dinosaur. So it's got uh, basically it walks on land using like the flippers of like the, the back flippers of a plesiosaur as legs. So it walks around like it's got like clown shoes on because they're not meant for walking on land. Mm-hmm. And then it's got a bird head, or I guess like a velociraptor looking head and arms poking out of the top of it. Uh, Because the bottom half is an ice type, Uh, it's got like snow on the top of it, so it's just a head and arms poking out of snow on a body that's too big and not meant for walking on land, but it does anyway. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Then there is Arctovish, who is uh, the fossilized fish and the fossilized dino. This is one that looks the most right, probably. Um, It's got the head of a fish and the back half of the plesiosaur. Uh, So at least it's in the water, (laughs) For both of them, uh, but the head is on uh, upside down, so the mouth is facing up. So it's just put on incorrectly. <laughs>
0: it's just, I just don't get it. But okay.
1: Uh, next is Drake Azolt. who is the bird and the Drake, and uh, this one also looks relatively normal, except for obviously like from like the stomach up is much much smaller then from like the waist down mm-hmm. like, um, and then my favorite is Dracovish, who is the fossilized fish and the fossilized Drake, instead of putting the fish head, you know, where a head would belong, it puts it at the end of the tail and curls it up over the body. Oh, I didn't even realize. Oh, good God. Yep. yep. It's a giant fish head on the end of the tail that then curls up over the legs. Uh,
0: That's a choice you can
1: make, okay, which, which is my favorite because it is so goofy. Um, and the reason why I mentioned like the like paleo ecology things is that because even though the game makes it explicit, these were not real like extinct Pokemon, this was something that like some weird scientist made, so it's not like these Pokemon were walking/slash/swimming around back in the day. Uh, the information that it gives you about them. Completely contradicts that. And that with Dracovish, it says... says like, Oh, this Pokemon's legs were built for running fast. However, it can't really do that because it only needs... It, it can only breathe in water. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's good at running, but it can't because it will die. That's... Yeah, I'm rather confused there. So... And, and all of them have things such as that. Um, so it's like, again, very goofy, funny, and very charming. Uh, from a science perspective, obviously not really... Which, again, is not at all of the point. You know, it's, right. a, it's a video game. But, um, yeah. So those are all, like, the main fossil Pokemon. There are lots of others that have, like, inspiration from fossil things. Um, most of which are dinosaurs. You know, just not fossil Pokemon that are just kind of around that take inspiration from things like dinosaurs. Other things like uh, a Pokemon called Relicanth uh, is more or less just a Coelacanth, which we've talked about before also in our Living Fossils episode. Uh, It's a type of fish that uh, we thought was extinct until 1938, uh, where we had only known them from fossils for, I think, around 100 years. We had named the fossil group before we knew that they were still alive. And uh, so I think we knew about them from the early 1800s. And then somebody fished one up off of South Africa in the 1930s. And people were like, oh, this thing literally is a living fossil, you know? Um, so Relicanth is a rock type, but it is not a fossil. Uh, so that is very quickly, so Mike can get to sleep, uh, the the, <laughs> the fossils of Pokemon.
0: <laughs> and it is much appreciated. Um, and this was a fun one, getting to do some, you know, some fiction in um, the uh, an odd blend of of the real life and the fictional and your childhood,
1: which was, uh, which was nice to do. And I'm very excited for these games. Uh, they're going to be more or less games that I've already played uh, several times over. But am I still going to buy them? Or at least one of them? Absolutely. Damn right. Absolutely, <laughs> I am.
0: And this has been episode 49 of I Wish You Were Dead, a podcast about things that used to be alive. My name is Mike, and that is Gavin. Thank you, Gavin. I'll talk to you... Is it going to be the day before Thanksgiving next?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, it is. Oh, boy. See you guys then. This episode of I Wish You Were Dead was written by Gavin Davidson and hosted by Gavin Davidson, Mike Bryson, and Finella Campanino. It was sound edited by Mike Bryson and edited for YouTube by Gavin Davidson. Special thanks to former guests of the pod and to listeners like you.